I'm going to come to you out of a very unconventional, unconventional Bible text. I've never heard a sermon out of this text. I've never even really before this remember reading this text. It's one of those deep tracks, one, one you're not going to memorize, one you're not going to put on an on a Instagram post. Um, but, but the Lord started speaking to me through it. So I want you to uh, turn with me to Leviticus 13, verse 49 and following. If the affected area in the fa- and, and before really I get going, let me just say, I'm going to have to read this slow because it's just a wordy text. But if you'll let me get through this, I've got a word to share with you and I'm excited. Verse 49, if the affected area in the fabric, the leather, the woven or knitted material or any leather article. Okay, so what we've set up to this point, basically, let me translate, any cloth is greenish or reddish, it is a defiling mold and must be shown to the priest. The priest is to examine the affected area and to isolate the article for seven days. On the seventh day, he is to examine it if the mold has spread, and if the mold has spread, and if the mold has spread in the fabric or the woven knitted material or leather, whatever its use. It is a persistent defiling mold and the article is unclean. He must burn the fabric, the woven or knitted material of wool or linen or any leather article that has been spoiled because the defiling mold is persistent and the article must be burned. Let's just go back to verse 51 because I'm really just using this text to illustrate I believe the point that God wants to speak to us today. On the seventh day, he is to examine it. And if the mold has spread in the fabric, if the mold has spread. If you've been following us for the last couple months, you will know that I, a couple months ago, bought a house. And it's my first home, first time owning a home And I'm realizing it's not what I thought it was. I do love my house. I think it's awesome. Um, It's not that I don't like the house. I'm realizing, though, that owning a house is one continuous chore. (laughs) I feel like I clean the kitchen, and then I go pick up in the living room, and then I go do some laundry, and then I go, you know, clean the bathroom. And by the time I get done cleaning the bathroom, the kitchen's a mess again, and I've got to go start it all over. So living in a house, having your own house, I'm finding it to just be one continuous chore. And um, I've been thinking, I got some tips for you if you're, if you're moving into a home for the first time. You know, just, just clean constantly, all the time. Just if you're cooking something, while you're cooking, just clean it up. Even clean up a mess once it happens. That way it really never becomes a mess. Because I don't really like messy, you know, situations. I don't, I don't, I don't like to live in a mess. I'm not that kind of person that can, there can just be a mess there and be cool with it. I don't know how people do it. They do, but I don't, I, it doesn't make sense to me how somebody can just live in gross. 
Um, which is why it really bothered me when I burned through two shower curtains within the first like three months of living in my house because I would get in the shower, do the thing, you know, shampoo, condition, soap, and rinse. And, and when I'm rinsing, while I'm rinsing, my iPad decides to lock up on me and I can't read the Bible to you if that's the case. While I'm rinsing the, the, you know, the water and the soap gets into the, into the shower curtain and it'll, it'll sit there and if it sits there for a long enough time, it'll get mold. It'll get mold. If you're, if you're, if you're watching this with somebody, which I will say this too, you know, what this, what this ministry right here provides for you is the opportunity to hear God, pursue God, and invite God into any space, any time. This is church on demand. This is the word of God in any situation. This is the Lord speaking to you, and you can do it. The Bible says where two or more are gathered, and my faith is joined with your faith, but also you can invite somebody else in the room, so y'all can sit there, put it up on the TV or something, and be in there and let your faith works together. So if you're watching it by yourself, just put a comment in the comment section, but if you're watching it with somebody, just look at them and ask them a question. Say, do you got mold? But say it like this. Do you got mold, not in your shower curtain, do you have mold in your mind? Yeah, that's the question. Do you have mold in your mind? It says, verse 51, and if the mold has spread, so Leviticus is a book of, of the Levitical law from God to help a certain group of people in living. They didn't have sciences like we have today to understand what, what a mold was. It's a fungus, you know, and we, we can understand that now. We can put it under a microscope and really look at it. But at that time, they didn't have that technology that wasn't available to them. So they would just call it a mold. They would just, they would just label it as unclean and they would know that if, if it were to spread, then the cloth itself just needed to be gotten rid of. So they, they, they made this law, they made this rule in order to help the people. But I want to use it in a sense, not just to talk about mold with you. That's not why we, you know, are doing this thing right here. <laughs> just to talk about mold. I want to do it I, because you don't just experience, you know, mold in that kind of sense. I mean, you might, but you know how to get rid of that. What do you do when your mind is, what do you do when you're not struggling with mold, but you're struggling with your mood? What do you do when you're anxious? What do you do when you're depressed? What do you do when you're stressed? What do you do when you're afraid? What do you do when you don't know what to do? And it said the mold would spread. Now, the interesting thing about mold, when I was preparing for this message, I thought I would do my research 
And I would love to tell you I spent 16 hours in a bunch of different commentaries, Bible dictionaries, listening to theologians talk about the profound idea that is explained through this text. But I just Googled the word mold. That's what I did. And I read from WebMD kind of the idea of, of, of uh, just what mold was. And there were, you know, mold is a fungus and blah, blah, blah. It was giving me the definition, like all the basic stuff we already know. But then it said something interesting. You're exposed to mold every day. They're usually harmless in small amounts. So it shows up as a small dot. But then it spreads it spreads. It spreads. I've noticed negativity spreads. I've noticed that often depression spreads. But the thing about mold is mold needs the right environment. That's really what I want to talk today about, the power of your environment. Because that same shower curtain that was moldy in my shower curtain, don't worry, I got rid of it. I threw it away. It's gone. Got a new one. I got a waterproof one now, so it can't mold. But it, um, it, that same shower curtain in a different environment would have never grown mold. I know this is kind of like a silly illustration, but just bear with me because I'm trying to show you a deep principle that's true in your life. That the same shower curtain that was in the shower with mold grown, grown all over it, if the shower curtain had been in another environment where it wasn't as um, humid, where it wasn't as wet, where it wasn't as warm, it would not have been able to grow mold. And environment matters. Environment matters. And I think about this parable that Jesus gave in Matthew 13, verse 3. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. And some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. And it sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, and still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. It's interesting because it was the same seed in this parable, four different environments. It was the same seed in four different situations. The first situation was overexposure, where it was the right seed, but it was in the wrong place. You know, you can put your emotions in the wrong place. You know, you can give somebody your heart that hasn't earned the right, you know, I I even think about our joy. If your joy is dependent on someone else's decision, if your joy is tied to your boss's ability to promote you, then if he doesn't promote you, 
you lose your joy. If your joy is tied up in some person's ability to approve of you, and they disapprove of you, even if you try hard enough, then you lose your joy. But your joy is too valuable to listen to the wrong voices. And so you've got to have a joy that is determined on the inside. You can't just put your seed in any place. So the first seed fell on the path, it was overexposed. And because it was exposed, I think, how exposed do we leave ourselves chasing the approval of people who have no right to give it to us? The second seed, it, it didn't fall on the path. It fell on rocky places. And it wasn't that it was exposed as much as the ground was shallow. And, you know, you can become overexposed by listening to the, to the, uh, to the wrong voices, but you can find yourself in shallow ground by listening to the wrong values. And God is, God is really, like, he... Let me just say this how I want to say it. Because the values you hold determines the peace you experience. And you can't just experience peace when your life is in pieces. When you're trying to be one person here and another person there. So in front of your parents, you're one person, but around your friends, you're another in front of your boyfriend, you act one way. At church, you act another. I better get away from that. I better get away from that. And some of us can't experience peace, and we're asking the Lord for peace, but God is saying, I'm sending you peace, but what about your values? What about your values? The third seed fell on fertile ground, but it had strangled growth because the thorns. So it was the right ground, but the wrong environment. And the thorns closed in and suffocated the very seed, even though it had the ability to grow. And I think some of us today, honestly, this is why I'm here today to tell you that I think many of us are in fertile ground, but, but our growth is being strangled. Then it was the last seed that was good, good for growth. Uh, I was talking about this parable with a friend of mine a couple of days ago. I said, you know, I would correct this parable if I could. Not like I, you know, not to be heretical or anything, but just, just I would add something to it. I think there's a fifth seed that's not mentioned here. I think another seed fell in good ground. It started to grow, but before the seed could grow into its full potential, the farmer dug out the seed, da, 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 ripped the seed out of the soil to check on the growth. And many times we check on situations so quickly after God <laughs> speaks it. It's like he gives us a promise and we give it two weeks to come 
come to fruition. And then if it doesn't happen then, if it doesn't happen immediately, we wonder, where are you, God? The beauty of this parable, though, is it's the same seed in a different situation. It's the right seed, but it fell in the wrong soil. And this is the power of environment. This is why, because mold can only grow in the right environment. So what voices are you listening to? And who, who gets to determine the priorities of your life? Because if, if in the wrong situation, if in the wrong circumstance, the same seed can either experience growth or can be strangled or can be scorched or can just never grow and be snatched before it has the opportunity to grow. And what if, what if we are not the wrong seed, we're just in the wrong soil? What if we're wondering like, why isn't it happening? Why, why, why God, why God, why God, why? Why isn't this happening the way I want it to happen? Why isn't, why am I not married yet? Why am I not through this yet? How am I still in this same situation five years later? But what if we're not the wrong seed? What if we're just in the wrong soil? What if the shower curtain wasn't the wrong shower curtain, what if it just was in a wrong environment? What if it's just in the wrong environment? What if your emotions have been all over the place because you've been putting your heart in the wrong environment? I'm not talking about R-rated movies. I'm not talking about music with bad words in it. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about who gets to speak into your life. Who gets to determine, are you just gonna listen? To anyone? Because not everyone deserves access. Not everyone deserves access. And I think there's four really truths that I want to talk about here at the backside of this video. Because in Matthew 12, just one chapter over from the parable we just read, Jesus said, for from the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. It's not a verse about curse words. That's a verse about whatever soil you put yourself in, whatever soil you plant yourself in determines the crop that comes out of your life. And whoever you put yourself around, the friends you spend the majority amount of your time with, going to church for an hour and a half a week or turning on a message once a week is not enough. And I'm not saying you got to go buy 84 commentaries and spread them all over your kitchen table and become a theologian by next week. I'm just saying you got to start understanding what has access to your heart and what doesn't. You've got to start saying, ah, no. <laughs> I know that's a foreign concept to many of us, but you've got to be able to look at people and just say, no, 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 I won't do that. No, I won't go there. And it's not because you might tempt me into sin and I, the devil will get me, but it's because you don't have access to my mindset. Do not be transformed 
to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, good and pleasing and perfect will. It's the renewing of your mind. Mindset. And God is, God is concerned with your mindset. Do you have a moldy mindset? I was reading this book and the author was talking about how he had invited his friends over for dinner. It was a book in letter format where it was a bunch of letters put together that made this book. And in one of the letters he was writing, he talked about this magnificent dinner. He called it, that's what he called it in the, a magnificent meal is what he actually called it. He said, yeah, I had a magnificent meal that me and my wife had prepared because we had friends coming over, but in the city where his friends were living, there was a snowstorm that came in and the temperatures were negative 24 degrees. Yo, it's cold out here, but it's not negative 24. We'd be shooting in a different location today if it was negative 24. But, but it was negative 24 degrees and snowing. And the author said something He said, we had a magnificent meal prepared with no one to eat it. This is why I'm talking about mindsets. Because God can have a magnificent meal. God can have a perfect plan. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. But if your mindset is still stuck in the same place you were thinking when you were 14 years old. And now you're wondering why you can't keep a steady relationship. And now you're wondering why you can't get friends to stick around with you. And now you're wondering why no one will take you seriously. What if it's your mindset? Be renewed, the renewing of your mind, because your mindsets determine your outlook, the way you view things, the way you see, the way you perceive. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, Fixing our eyes on Jesus. I'm just going to take 32 seconds and preach about Jesus. I'm going to talk about the fact that he lived for you. I'm going to talk about the fact that he loved for you. I'm going to talk for just a second about the fact that he died for you and he rose for you. And now he's got a will pleasing and perfect for you. Oh, but you got to be able to perceive it. What's your outlook? Because you got to listen to the right voices, but you also have to have the right viewpoint. And your voices determine your viewpoint. So it's not only important your outlook, because your outlook is only determined by the voices you listen to. And the Bible talks, you know, it's in Luke eleven twenty eight, but but you can 
you can only obey. Here, I'll just read it for you. Blessed rather are those who hear the word and obey it. Blessed. Blessed are those who hear the word and obey it. Now you can't obey it if you don't hear it. And then what you hear and what you obey determines your direction. In the, in the hearts, humans plans their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. That's a Bible verse, Proverbs 16, 9 about direction. Because God is concerned with your mindset. God is concerned with your outlook. God is concerned what you listen to. And God is concerned with your directions. That spells mold, in case you're slow. He, he's concerned with your mindsets and your outlooks and what you listen to and your direction because all of these things are working together, putting together the purpose and plan of God in your life. But if there's mold in your mind spreading around, See, here's the thing with mold is that it spreads. And a lot of us, when we get like, a lot of us think, oh, I just need to get it out of my system. So we do something, you know, you, you just say like, oh, I need to just get this one thing out of my system and we'll do it. But what we don't understand is it's actually creating um, pathways in our brain and it, we're not getting it out of our system but we're actually spreading it deeper into our system. And so you're like, oh, I'll just do this one time and get it out of my system. Well, yeah, it, you could do that, but, but the truth is the way your brain and your body and your spirit and your soul is set up, you'd actually be driving it deeper into your system. And what if you're not a bad cloth, but you're growing mold because of your environment and you're just saying, oh, I just need to do this one time and, and it's spreading and it's spreading, and it's spreading, and it's spreading. But the Lord is coming for your mindset, and the Lord is coming for your outlook, and he wants you to listen so you can hear the direction in your heart. Receive him. Listen to him. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He loves you so much. And he wants you to live in peace, in joy. But if there's mold, if the wrong things are spreading in your mind, he'll have no room to send it to you. But I've got good news. Just like negative emotions spread, so do positive emotions. And, and, and maybe just a smile is all you need. If you're, if you're nerdy like I am, just Google the science behind when you smile because when you smile it literally changes the chemical compounds in your brain some of you just need to get a new environment and start with yourself everything God is going to grow out of you is going to be determined first by what is growing in you and God wants to do so much through you but it's first dependent on where you're planted. One seed fell on the path, another on rocky places, another in the thorns, but the last one fell on good.
ground. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm not saying you have to find people who are, but I'm just saying the voices you listen to, the people you put yourself around, that's the environment. That's what determines. That's what determines your ability for growth. And I want, I want God to just do some some cleaning up in your soul today, some cleaning up in your mind today. You've been just so angry and so frustrated and you don't even know why. It's because it showed up as a spot, but over time, the spot spread. So let me pray just shortly for us today as as I believe the Lord wants to grow you and, and I almost said like mold you, but not, not like mold, but like, like put you together and, and raise you up and, and build you. And, and he knows where to poke and he knows where to prod and he knows where to pull and he knows where to push and he knows what to put you through. You don't need to feel shame of what happened, has happened to you up to this point or even shame on the decisions you've made up to this point. But you do get to choose today the environment you put yourself in. And before you go breaking up with everybody and calling everybody, tell them to screw off, start with yourself. Say, Lord, before I go out and change my environment, and some of you may need to, some of you may need to unfollow and delete some contacts and just delete some apps and do all that and, and stop hanging out with people. And there is a place for that. And others of us need to just decide within. What's the environment of, of the soil of my soul? Am I, am I an encourager of others? Or am I someone who's always out to get what's best for me? And am I actually blocking the blessing that God wants to send? The thing about mold, the thing about mold is it's more prevalent when you're bunched up. You know, if, it's all, if a cloth is all bunched up like this, you know, the mold can spread easily because the particles are all close together, but the more spread out it is, the harder it is for mold to grow. And I think God maybe even just sending revelation to your soul and, and encouragement to your soul and purpose to your life. But if you're so bunched up and you're like, it's my time, it's my money, it's mine and mine, and you're so bunched up and closed off and you never can be open, how can God receive it? And the mold's growing because you put yourself in the dark and you, and you find yourself in these humid situations and you're just bunched up and, and God's saying, I'm trying to send so much to you, but you're so closed off. So be open today. Easier said than done, but the Lord really does want to grow you. Want to grow you. Lord, I pray for each soul who's tuning in today from wherever they are. You love them, you know them, and you've got a plan for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I just want to hop here at the end and just say I hope you enjoyed the whole message. I hope you loved it. 
I hope it encouraged you, inspired you, and challenged you uh, to kind of walk in the calling that I believe God has on your life. So, you know, we're in this thing together. And let us know how we can be praying for you um, in any way. Drop a comment below. Let us know you enjoyed enjoyed the message. Make sure you're following us on all our social medias. I think Instagram's kind of our main one. At Grace MVNT. Uh, we'll put a little, we'll drop it in here. And uh, check us out online as well, gracemovement.online. There you can partner with us financially. If you're not liked and subscribed, then what are you doing? And share it. Put it on your social media. Text it to a friend. Text it to an enemy. Text it to a family member. Text it to a, a, someone you haven't talked to in a long time. Just send them the link and don't say anything. Uh, just no response. <laughs> I'm playing with you now. I need to get off. But I want to let you know we're here for you. We love you. Yes.